Welcome to An Amber A Day, the podcast all about functional nutrition for PCOS. I'm Amber Fisher, a certified nutrition specialist and licensed dietitian nutritionist, and I have training in functional medicine. I also have PCOS, and on this podcast, we discuss PCOS in depth, the nutrition strategies for it, as well as the realities of living with it and making this lifestyle work. For further guidance and meal plan support, you can check out the show notes for links to my PCOS courses and programs. And if this podcast helps you, please do me a favor and leave me a review. Thank you so much for being here. Let's get into today's episode. You're listening to an Amber Day, the podcast, and I'm Amber Fisher. I'm a functional nutritionist and certified nutrition specialist in San Antonio, and on this podcast, I talk all about my life, infertility, fertility conditions, autoimmunity, functional nutrition, and the other things that interest me. So if that sounds good to you, keep listening. Today, I want to talk about some insights that I've had just throughout this COVID experience in my first year of motherhood. Um, Being a working mom and a work-from-home mom uh, has been very interesting, and not at all like I originally planned or intended for this time to go. So uh, I just kind of want to go over some stuff with that today and talk a little bit more deeply about how I'm balancing everything and how I'm managing to try to prioritize my health during this time that we're all going through, which is very challenging for most of us. So uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. The first thing I like to do on the podcast now is go over a little bit about what's going on in my life first. So in my life, um, there's some cool stuff that's going on, still working and working with clients and enjoying my work with fertility issues and stuff like that. And also um, have been really focusing a lot of attention on my new group for women who have been through IVF and are now mothers. So if that describes you or you're a woman who is going through IVF treatments and you're interested in kind of the perspective of what happens after you have your IVF success, um, you can follow that account. It's an Instagram account after underscore IVF. I've been doing a lot of work with that. That's really a passion project for me. I don't talk about nutrition very much on there just because I don't want to alienate people who are not interested in nutrition, who are, um, you know, that's not what they're there for to talk about nutrition. They're there to talk about motherhood and um, what it's like to be a mom after IVF. It's kind of a different experience than Uh, what other women might go through. So we like to bond with each other and kind of uh, support each other through that process and the grief and other things that we go through as IVF moms. So if you're interested in that, you can join up with that. I'm excited because in the next uh, several weeks, I'll be interviewing uh, Monique from the Infertility and Me podcast. She's coming on here. I'm going to be going on her podcast And I've got several other guests kind of in the works over the next uh, several months. So you guys may be listening to somebody besides me ramble on and on all day. Uh, Speaking of, I always say thank you at the beginning of the podcast because I do thank those of you who continue to listen to me week after week. I know that I am a podcast listener myself and, you know, sometimes podcast hosts can be a little self-indulgent talking about their own lives a bunch when you're like, okay, get to the good stuff. Um... So I thank you guys for for listening to me. I do have intentions eventually of taking this podcast to something that is very personal. Um, it already is a very personal project, but um, right now it focuses a lot on 
nutrition and stuff like that. And I will continue to keep doing that because that's my one of my great interests. But I also have other interests and other things that I think are interesting. And so I am broadening the horizons of this podcast a little bit, which is part of the reason why I cut uh, the name down to just an Amber a Day podcast. First of all, it was just too long. <laughs> but um, it's still a functional nutrition podcast, but we do talk about my personal life um, as well on here. So yeah. So today, what I want to talk about is insights on what it's like, what it has been like this first year of being a mom and still being a nutritionist. Um, my son's about to turn one in a couple months, and that's crazy. I'm like really having a hard time wrapping my head around it. And as as you know from listening to previous podcasts, I recently went through a total hysterectomy, oophorectomy after a recurrence of endometrial cancer. So he will be my only biological child. I will never have, I mean, there's the potential that my husband might have another biological child, but I never will because um, I don't have aches anymore. So uh, he's my one and only and that's not to rule out that we might, you know, potentially down the road do some other type of fertility treatment, surrogacy, adoption, all those kinds of things are still things we discuss and think about. Um, but I'm really trying to savor these moments with my son because, you know, uh, he may be my only child and uh, he's definitely my only biological child. So that's been really something that's been hitting me hard lately as he's getting closer to turning a year old. And one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this on the podcast today, because uh, lately I've just been feeling very overwhelmed. And I think any of you who are working moms probably understand that. I mean, even if you're a stay-at-home mom, you probably understand that feeling of overwhelm that you get when you're just constantly pulled in so many directions. Um, before my son was born, my nutrition practice was everything to me. It was my dream. It was what I was working towards. I had these goals of being this, you know, um, really successful, um, smart, functional nutritionist, like going to these cool conferences and gaining all this knowledge and just being able to really make a huge difference um, just with my practice. And uh, I do think in a lot of ways I achieved that dream, but it looks different than what I thought it would look like. Um, because as soon as I actually got pregnant with my son, which to be frank, I didn't really think would happen. I kind of thought we had to, we would go through the motions of IVF, but I wasn't sure that it would actually work. Um, so when I actually did get pregnant with him and then finally had him, I just realized like so many of my priorities just changed. And I think that's normal. When women become mothers, I've heard women say that to me before. And like, you know, being a person who went through infertility for like upwards of seven years and all the stuff that I did go through, it was pretty annoying when people would be like, oh, just wait, you know, just wait and see. Your priorities are going to change so much. And so I know a lot of you who listen are in the, you know, you're still in the infertility world. You're still waiting for your miracle. Like you're not sure if you will be able to have kids yourself. And I totally understand that, validate that, and don't want to be annoying uh, when talking about this stuff. So I'll warn you up front that some of this might be triggering for you if you're listening and that's the place that you're in. But um, 
you know, I, I just realized immediately after he was born, I was like, wow, this is so true. My priority is completely different. Um, now my priority is like, okay, how can I do the most interesting nutrition work I can and still feel fulfilled in that and be interested enough in it that I give my all to it, to my clients, because that's very important to me. Um, but yet still have time and space to really give my all to my son. Uh, and early on in COVID, he was, so I stayed home about, um, he was born in October. I had always intended to take a maternity leave starting in December because that was when he was due. He was actually due on Christmas Day, which is kind of funny. Um, so by the time it got to October, I had already whittled my practice down to very part-time. Um, I wasn't feeling well. I had a really awful pregnancy. And so it wasn't too hard um, after he was born to kind of stop things for a while just because the winter is always slow as a nutritionist. Any other nutritionists listening to this know that like once it gets to be November, like people drop off the face of the earth. So um, I knew that would happen and and it did. And so it made it easy those first few months that he was born to kind of put my nutrition work on the back burner. And there were several clients who stuck with me through that time and I'm so grateful to them for being patient with me and um, and everything during that time because it was a really stressful, unexpected um, time when he was in the NICU and everything. But uh, I managed to stay home for about the first f- four to five months of his life, um, basically until March, like I had always intended, as my maternity leave, and I didn't do any nutrition work during that time. And then when it became March, I decided to kind of start up slowly again, you know, building back my my practice, bringing back my clients who had been waiting on me, all that kind of stuff. And uh, that's when my husband got laid off. So because of COVID, he ended up being at home with me for about five months, which was actually a huge like blessing in disguise because he was my childcare, you know, and so I was able to really um, utilize him and still have time to like I could organize my appointments around Calvin's schedule and our schedule we still got to do a lot of fun stuff together Um, we got to spend time together but I also really got to work on my practice in a way that felt like I had a lot of flexibility well recently um my husband, he changed careers and now he's a, um, a teacher. And so school started again and he had to go back into work. And so recently, or I would say over the last month or so, I've been home alone with um, Calvin again. So I had five months alone with him. Then I had five months with Daniel or something like that. He's only 10 months old, so you do the math. Uh, and now it's back to me being alone again. And the struggle that I've been having is like, wow, it is really hard to manage the client base that I have at the same time as managing. Welcome to the Alchemy of Natural Healing. I'm your host, Laurel Dewey. True healing is an alchemical process, meaning it must transform you on all levels, body, mind, and spirit. What affects one affects all three. True healing is one of the hardest journeys you'll ever travel. 
but it's one of the most rewarding and fulfilling when you get to meet yourself for the first time. If you're ready to take that journey, let's get started. My being a mom and, um, I'm struggling with that, like how to balance those two things. Because uh, before when I had a lot of help, you know, it was easy to leave Calvin with, with Daniel for an hour to do a consult. And, you know, that was nice. It was, it was, I loved doing my consults. It was a fun, like a little break sometimes when things were getting overwhelming being a mom. Now I'm having to fit everything into nap times and a nap schedule that... (laughs) that doesn't always work out uh, like it quote unquote should, you know, some days he doesn't go down when he's, he usually does. And some days he wakes up sooner than he usually does. So that's meant forcing more and more of my appointments into the evening. So, you know, a typical day for me looks like kind of hectic. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to um, sound like super complaining and, and stuff because I'm so grateful for him, I'm grateful for my practice and I'm really grateful for my flexibility because I do have a lot more flexibility than a lot of people. And I know a lot of you are working from home right now too. And like, you don't have the flexibility of turning the computer off, um, you know, for a couple hours to like play with your kid or whatever. Um, you have to sit there all day and then they have to like run around and I get it. So, um, I definitely don't want to sound like I'm complaining, but it just, it's my first year being a mom and it's, it's been harder than I expected to kind of balance those two things. And my typical day is, you know, lots of emails, lots of messages, um, lots of phone calls and consults when I have a spare minute and consults into the evening and, then paperwork until, um, you know, after Calvin goes to bed until I go to bed and, and, you know, I just, I guess, um, I always wanted to use my platform to be really honest. And my honest truth right now is that I'm feeling kind of burned out. Um, so it's been a little bit tough as far as like how, how to have how to stay healthy during this too is what's really, really been hard because I talk to my clients all the time about balancing your priorities, um, making sure that, you know, nutrition is a priority for the family. And I really believe that. And I've tried my best to do that. Um, but I have a whole new empathy for the struggle of that when you do have a child, especially a young child who, you know, demands to be held and, um, has to be watched constantly and all of that managing that grocery shopping household management cooking um errands taking care of calvin and taking care of my clients it it sometimes feels like i'm spread really thin and um, this part of the year is always particularly busy as kids get back to school a lot of times women start becoming more interested in in nutrition. And so um, I've had to lately kind of turn more people away than I normally would. And that makes me sad, but I have to do what I have to do to protect myself and my boundaries. 
And that's something that I've learned over the years. When I event, when I originally wanted to get into nutrition work and left my full-time job, my biggest thing was I didn't want somebody telling me what to do. <laughs> I don't I don't do well with uh, authority figures too much. And I didn't want somebody telling me what to do. And uh, I didn't want to be constantly spread thin. And at my old job, I felt like I was always pulled in a hundred directions. Like I was, I was very integral to, to the way that a lot of things worked. And I just felt like people leaned on me too much and I didn't have good boundaries and I had trouble saying no. And, um, as a young woman, my issue was always with confidence, with my self-confidence. I didn't think that I was worth enough to stand up for myself. I was worried about other people liking me far too much. And so I felt like if I said no, that they wouldn't like me anymore. And um, and then, you know, I wouldn't be looked on as this competent person, which is how I like to be seen as, you know. And with, with time and growth, I've realized that you know, every, most people care what other people think of them and we're all kind of just doing our best. And also that if I protect myself from caring so much about what other people think, I live a happier life. Um, if I separate myself from situations that make me feel uh, either chaotic or make me feel nervous or spread thin or whatever it may be, I'm a happier person. And uh, my health issues over the years, especially since my mid-20s, have really taught me that. That like life is incredibly short and it can be taken from you at any moment. You don't know when it's going to happen. Um, stuff comes up, you know, and it completely hits you out of left field. And by the time anyone turns 30, they've already probably experienced several moments where life just sort of like slapped them in the face and they're like, whoa, what is going on? Um, you plan and worry about different things that might happen. But sometimes the thing that really gets you is the thing that comes out from nowhere. And that's certainly been true in my life. And so, um, you know, with all of that going on, it's just really, really cemented for me the importance of taking care of myself because life is so short and, um, you know, Calvin's my only baby and I want to really savor these moments with him. So I don't have all the answers about what that looks like practically because I'm still struggling with it myself. Um, my biggest advice that I give to my clients as far as like nutrition goes with all of this for moms who are really spread thin is to have easy stuff that you don't have to cook in the fridge. Like there's always deli meat in my house, nitrate-free deli meat. Um, there's always protein shakes pre-mixed so I don't have to do it vegan protein shakes I'm like big on protein shakes um there's always frozen fruit and frozen veggies olives uh pickles you know little snacky stuff like that uh I try to keep avocados but sometimes they like sometimes avocados are frustrating because you don't know if they're like ready or not um but I keep stuff like that to make smoothies and I'll be honest, like there are weeks lately where 
during the day, I've pretty much lived off protein shakes, smoothies, and like bars. And I don't, (laughs) I don't like love that. I don't recommend that to people um, because that can be in the long term somewhat damaging to like your adrenals. Um, But also it's a way for me to prevent the alternative. And the alternative is like going and grabbing takeout, you know, and I don't want to do that a lot. Uh, I'm a real person and I eat takeout sometimes. So I don't like people to think that like that that can't be part of a healthy lifestyle because I do think it can eventually. Um, But, you know, fundamentally, if you're like working on food sensitivity or you're working on functional stuff where health issues are involved, the last thing you want to do is go through a drive-thru when you're working on that, especially if you've been working hard on it. Um, that's not to say that if that's your only choice that it's not worth doing because I do think some progress is better than no progress and that it is about progress and not perfection. But at the same time, motivation in human beings is so short and inconsistent. It is better for strict, strict diets to kind of start them at a time when you know that you'll have some space to devote to them. If you don't even have time to grocery shop, then first of all, you have to look at, do I really not have time to grocery shop or do I think I don't have time to grocery shop because I'm prioritizing all these other things that aren't as important? Um, But if you truly don't have time to grocery shop, you know, it may not be the best time to start something really strict. It may be the time to kind of start making slow but steady changes like choosing a salad when you get takeout and using vinaigrette instead of ranch and um, trying to replace oils at your house and stuff like that little bits of progress go a long way towards making you healthy overall even when you can't you know go on a completely anti-inflammatory diet right now if you have time in a month you know you can start preparing for it now start planning out your recipes and what you're going to eat and and your grocery lists and all that so that you're prepared when that time finally comes that you do have some space to focus on it. I keep stuff like that in my house all the time so that I don't have to like get in the car and run anywhere. I mean, that's part of it as well for me is I'm so busy right now. I couldn't even get in the car and like run to a fast food place during the day. So what am I going to eat? You know, I have to have something here to eat. Otherwise, I will just literally fast. And um, while I do think that sometimes fasting can be part of a healthy diet, I don't think it's ideal for women who are working on fertility because it does impact the adrenals in a way that I think is damaging to the overall stress level of the body, especially when it's done chronically chronically skipping breakfast. I don't think, you know, we call that intermittent fasting now. I haven't seen that to be particularly helpful for hormonal balance. Might be helpful for other things, but not necessarily for hormonal balance. And my focus and my practice is hormonal balance. So while I do think there's a time and place for it, um, I don't love it as a chronic kind of strategy for basically not thinking about what you're going to eat. Um, you know, taking care of yourself is, is a hard topic because 
when we talk about self-care, the things that we usually hear are like, take a bath, um, put on your favorite music and dance by yourself. Uh, go get a massage, go do some yoga, go on a walk by yourself. These are like little kind of dinky things that we talk about that are supposed to like help us quote unquote take care of ourselves. But coming from a woman who tends to overdo it and bite off more than I can sometimes chew in life, which can lead to burnout, I can tell you this, that the overall strategy for self-care does not need to be adding in these little other things to our life. It needs to be cutting things away from our life that are taking and draining our energy, that are not necessary. Do you have somewhere in your life that you're devoting a lot of energy to that you don't want to be devoting energy to, that you don't feel you're getting anything out of? This could be... Um, for a lot of women, it's friendships. So there could be people in your life that, you know, maybe like you used to have a connection with them. Uh, you might like them as a person, but now, you know, your priorities are different or you're in different places and it's kind of like a chore that you keep keep forcing yourself to do to meet up with this person or to talk with this person or whatever it may be. Chances are that person probably feels the same way about the friendship and is draining both of you. A true friend will understand when you need to take time away from a friendship also. And if they don't, then they're really not a good friend because they don't really understand that you have things that are going on that are taking away from your ability to have time for them. But I think as women, we get ourselves into like so many commitments, you know? We don't want to tell people no. We don't want other women to not like us. We don't want we don't want to to appear like we're not capable. Um, in our careers, we, we can do this too. Like we can go above and beyond for, for people who don't treat us like we're worth. I certainly struggled with that in the past. Um, you know, I, I have some of the like best clients ever. Like I love my clients. Um, and these days I only work with people that I really feel like I connect with. But there were times when I was first getting started where I would take on a client and, you know, it would be like kind of like a push and pull where it was like that person wasn't really ready to make the changes that I wanted them to make, yet they kept coming back to see me, but only so that they could argue with me. I stopped doing that a long time ago because I was like, you know what, I'm going above and beyond for, for this person, making things try to be as simple as possible for them. And yet, what am I really doing here? I'm I'm neglecting other people so that I can give extra time to this person who honestly doesn't really appreciate my work and um, probably is only asking for all this extra stuff because they are not really ready to make the changes. So what I ought to do is really screen people and make sure that they're ready for the changes. And that's what I've, I've done, um, you know, since then is part of the initial consultation with me is, is, you know, me hearing about your health history, but also me kind of feeling you out as a person. Where are you on your health path? Um, are you ready to make the changes that you need to make in order to really get where you need to go? And life happens to all of us. I don't expect people to be perfect, but there's a fundamental, like, 
there's a desire, there's an, there's an ache inside people who are really ready to change. And that's, those are the people that I, I look for to work with. Um, I've stopped giving my time to an energy to people that don't have that, that aren't ready for that. So you have to look and see, are there places in my life where I'm putting an unnecessary amount of energy just to save face or just to make sure that people still like me or just to make sure that, um, you know, I come across a certain way. As women, we do a lot of that and it's really unnecessary because really when you're faced with life or death, like when I was in that hospital bed and I thought I might die, I started thinking about the only things that were really on my mind were like, I want to get back to my son. I want to get back to my family. Um, there's so many things I still want to do with them. I didn't think very much about anything else. Those are the important things in life, you know? And focusing on your diet and your nutrition sometimes can feel like just another thing that you're adding to the list. But let me tell you why it's not. Because when you focus on your diet and your nutrition and you make sure that you're a healthy person, you have more energy to give away and you protect yourself. You're preventing the future of chronic illness for yourself. So even if you already have a chronic illness, you're preventing that illness getting much worse if you focus on your health now. It takes a little bit of, of extra work up front and it certainly takes confronting some things in yourself that maybe you're not like super excited to confront, you know? Um, especially like people who have an issue with pickiness. You know, where's that coming from? Uh, is that really a mature way to look at food? Is there a way that we can overcome those things? Like, rather than just saying, oh, this is just how I am, where are places where we can change that? Because the goal is to make you healthier. And if you're healthier, then you have so much more time. You have more time where you're prevented from getting perhaps chronic illness. You have more time because you are not sleepy all day long, like you have more energy, so you have more hours in the day that you can devote to things that you really want to do. There's just so much more to your life when you treat yourself with a little bit of respect and dignity. I do think nutrition is is self-care, even though it is hard and it is something that we we struggle to to really put a focus on. It should really be the center of a healthy lifestyle and a healthy focus. If we start there, it's much easier to tackle the other things that need to get tackled. Um, so where in your life could you perhaps cut away either toxic friendships, um, step back from certain responsibilities, just say no to certain things so that you have time to devote to you to your health and to your family um for me i'm you know i pendulum swung in one direction over this summer i think where i really got you know too too excited about being back at work and i neglected some of my other the other things that were important in my life and my health issues recently have really been a wake-up call that, you know, this time is very precious 
And so just like I'm asking you guys to think about ways that you can that you can cut away so that you have more time to devote to yourself, I'm going to be working on that as well. I'm not good at that for sure. Like that's not a strong suit for me. So I recognize that it's kind of the blind leading the blind here. But my goal for the rest of this year is to take a little step back um, from from everything. That way I have as much time as possible to devote to my son and my family. And then second to that, to devote to my clients. Because my clients are very important to me too, but they are not more important to me than my own family. So um, if you're a client of mine and you're listening to this, you're probably like, oh my gosh, you might be getting scared that I won't answer you anymore or something like that. That's not my intention. One thing I am planning to do is to start doing more time blocking. Um, I follow someone on Instagram who is a friend of a friend and she is um, a person who helps wellness entrepreneurs organize their time better. Because as entrepreneurs, we work, you know, we'll work 24-7 if you let us. Um, Even though a lot of times we're not actually in a brick-and-mortar office, we're always working on other things for the business. So we have to invest in ourselves in a system that works where we can still get everything we need to get done, but we're just more efficient. Um, and so that's kind of my my plan moving forward is to start working on some time blocking. I'll link to her in the show notes here so that you can look her up if you'd like. She's she's awesome. Um, I really have been enjoying her posts and and what she has to say and um, thinking about implementing some some things like that. So she's definitely one to kind of look at if you're interested in this sort of thing. Um, so that's that's my goal coming up for the next you know, couple months until my son turns one is really focusing on pairing back to the things that I really love to do and the things that I really get a lot of joy out of doing and um, having time for the things that are most important to me. Because I know firsthand that, you know, money comes and goes. Um, There are highs and lows with money. And, uh, I'm lucky enough to have enough that I have some flexibility there. But time keeps marching on. And um, before you know it, you blink and your baby's one. People used to say that to me and I thought, yeah, right. Like a year is a year is a year. I mean, years go by faster and faster with time, but it's still a whole year. I really do feel like I blinked and now he's almost one. So, um... Having him has been the greatest catalyst for change in my entire life, and uh, I highly recommend it. Now, if you're thinking about having a child, but not totally sure, I highly recommend it. But, um, you know, that catalyst for change has really opened my eyes to a lot of the ways that I don't take care of myself. I try to take care of everybody else. And everyone else's needs, but you can't pour from an empty cup. And that's really, really true. Um, so I'm going to be working over the next few months on filling my cup. So if you guys are working on that too, and there's insights or things that you feel like has helped you, I would really be interested in hearing. 
what you have to say on that. So, and if anybody's like an expert on that and might want to come on the podcast, I would love to, to interview you. So you can email an Amber a day podcast at gmail.com. And, um, that is all for today. We are getting close to publishing podcast 20 of this, which is kind of funny because I've been doing this for like two years now and we're just on podcast 20, but Hey, you can't pour from an empty cup, guys. So I do this when I have time and I don't follow the rules about, oh, you need to publish a podcast every single week. Um, so thank you guys for continuing to listen to me, even though I don't follow, follow all the rules. And uh, yeah, if you have questions for the podcast, email me, follow me on social media, and thank you guys for listening. Have a good one. Bye. If you learned something today or you enjoyed today's episode or both, I'd love it if you would leave me an iTunes review and share this with a friend. If this brought up a question for you that you would like to hear me answer, there is a Google form that you can use to ask me any question you want, and I might answer it here on the podcast. I do it all the time, and I would love to hear from you. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time.